ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to tonight's episode of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and as you can tell, we've got a crowded stream tonight. You recognize two of the hosts. Go ahead, guys. Fight over who gets to introduce each other first. I hope so. That's Jason right there. Okay. Now. Mark's over there. <laughs> Yay! Wait. This way? This way, I think. That, nope, this somewhere, way. Somewhere on the screen. I don't know. That way. This way? And tonight we're joined like we're, by a special guest. I feel guest. like we're on the Brady Bunch now. What? What happened? Why is your video I didn't do it. Person? I did not. Do. Did, didn't do anything to it. Oh, my God. We should call the neighbor kids to help. We're, the we're just going to ignore Jason until he figures out what's wrong. It's probably your ISP. Just I didn't out. do anything. I, I'm gonna, I know. Your video's gone. I, right? assume you, I, I assume you can hear me. Yeah, but Barely. it's robotic. Barely. I think you're probably having some bandwidth problems. Go tell your kids to uh, stop streaming curious. stuff. There's yeah. no kids in the house. We got rid of them. Oh, well. We just trampled all over poor Jerry's introduction. Tonight well, we're joined with a special guest, Jerry. <laughs> uh, hi, Jerry. Would you like Jerry! to tell us who you are and maybe why you're here? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. My name is Jerry Bell. Um, I, you know, I guess uh, I, I'm not entirely sure why I'm here, uh, except uh, <laughs> I, I think um, I think I, I created kind of a mess on social media. Is it your fault? Uh, Did you so, do it? No, you didn't do it. You didn't create the mess. You, you're just uh, no. I, I didn't. I, I didn't create the mess, but I guess I was a little involved in it. Oh, okay. So, so I um I, I set up a server actually um actually it was five years ago. Yeah. It was uh, like I was playing the long game. I, I knew knew way back then that this was that this was going to happen. So uh, I set up a server called Infosec.exchange, which runs a software called Mastodon. Which is part of a federated social media network, and um, was kind of well timed ahead of the um, kind of collapse of Twitter. Yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of the infosec community has um, kind of picked up and moved over. So it's been pretty exciting. Yeah. So I guess let's let's step back for just a sec here, um, Jerry. Folks, so, folks may recognize your voice already because you've got a longer podcasting career than any of us here on the show. Um, you might recognize Jerry from the Defense of Security podcast. Um, I know you guys don't record as often as you used to, but to be honest, you guys had and I guess still have a pretty darn good show. You and, and Lurg. Andy, right? Yeah, Andy. Yep. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, when... Hey, Nate. What? Uh, William in chat is asking if we can get Jerry's audio up. Oh, you're still too quiet? We can do that. Can we do that? Uh, I'll turn it up on my side. Oh, um, much better. Yeah. Jerry just okay. has a has a naturally mellow voice, which is... He's chill, I, I man. Do. You listen to him and you want to paint happy little landscapes with happy little trees and happy little mountains. <laughs> he, he does He does ASMR in his, in his spare time. It's um, it's part of the the whole CISO gig. Is you've got to be like, if you're super wound up, you do, you think you just end up having a heart attack. We're we're gonna open the firewall ports now. Okay, <laughs> port twenty two. Now, port look port eighty. Look look for yeah, the happy little, little web server. <laughs> this is our happy little web server. All right, so um. I, the, the reason we wanted to have Jerry on the show, and he's already alluded to some of this, uh, so you you guys might might be familiar with this whole thing called Twitter. 
and the disaster that has occurred <laughs> in the past, <clears throat> what, two weeks or so? Um, yeah. They, they changed the, hands, right? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. It was uh, October 27th. It was a day that I will never, <laughs> never forget. <laughs> so Twitter's in kind of a shambles, right? And folks, I don't know... You know, there's 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 some cross section of InfoSec folks who listen to the show, but a lot of people maybe are outside of InfoSec and don't really know this. But InfoSec, for whatever reason, has chosen Twitter as kind of their home, right? A lot of communication for information security happens on Twitter. And yes. when things started to look bleak for Twitter because of the change of ownership and some of the craziness that's going on there and some of the, frankly, instability that we've seen out of the service, um, folks started looking for another place to put their social media. Um, Jerry has for years run a Mastodon instance and I even had an account on there and for whatever reason, probably for the same reason, a lot of people had accounts there and weren't actively using it. Um, people just like, there weren't a lot of people there, right? I mean, how, how many, do you have any idea how many active, like actual active users you had before all this happened? So on, uh, on, on October 26th, there were 180 active users, maybe two or three at any given time. Okay. And um, this, I probably should have written all this down, right? So I guess what, what was the reason you even had this up and running to begin with? Were you just curious about Mastodon? Did you see the end coming yeah, I, because social media is just such a terrible place? Like, I, You know, it, it's, I've been asked this question a bunch of times recently, and I, I have to tell you, I don't actually remember why I did it. Um, it's been so darn long ago. Um, it, it, I'm just that kind of person, though. Like I, yeah. I see something and I want to start playing with it. And so I registered. You know, I'm pretty sure I just registered a domain. I, I bought a VPS. I stood it up, and I mean, it was a it was a little playground. And over the course of you know four five years, I had to upgrade the VPS a couple of times. But um, yeah, it was just uh, it was always a hobby type type situation. Yeah. And, um, I remember when folks first started talking about Mastodon and I, I didn't, I didn't exactly have the infrastructure to build it at the time, but I did poke around at it. Like I tried standing it up on my own. It didn't really work out so well for my own purposes. And the big thing is like social media only works when you have a decent sized user base, right? Otherwise you mm -hmm. can't really have that interaction that you do on the, the, the big outlets, right? So because of that, people would check these things out. I've, I've had an interest in decentralized social media for quite a while. Um, Jason, you probably remember when I got excited about Diaspora when it first released, right? Which was, I think, as far as I know, is much older than Mastodon. It may, may not be. But um, the, the problem has always been that there's no one there to talk to, right? Right. And But the, the benefits have always been that the exact things that people are experiencing now on Mastodon, which is it's not controlled by any one company, which means that it's not controlled by the interests of a money-making machine, um, which means that you get to control the content you see. You can block whoever you want. You can, in, in the case of Mastodon and, and Diaspora and all the others that are federated like this, you can even like wall yourself off from the rest of the, uh, the network if you really wanted to and have just your own little local community. And the big thing is there's no ad campaigns that are controlling your feed, right? So those are all the, like, the wonders, I think, of, of this sort of self-hosted model. Um, the problem is 
everybody's so bought into the bigger networks because that's where all the people are, right? So, and I, I assume that's the same problem you were seeing on your own. Your Absolutely. Own you know, it, was, um, it was a very niche community, right? There, there were, there were um, just n- not a lot of, uh, not a critical mass of people. The people that were there just were, um, you know, they, they, they were either it was a, it was also a hobby for them or um, they just swore off kind of mainstream social media and that was their, that was their thing. Right. Right. So a couple of years ago, I remember a lot of people were starting to notice how sort of toxic Twitter had gotten. Right. And that was, there mm-hmm. were a number of reasons of why, uh, why that was happening. Part of it was, you know, the, the, Folks controlling Twitter were trying to do things to monetize it, and there's, there's of course, algorithms that help promote certain content based on what's popular. And a lot of people know this already, but that sort of breeds toxicity because the stuff that gets the most engagement is generally the stuff that's the most controversial, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I know there were a lot of people that even way back then started to vacate Twitter, and I don't know if that's part of why you stood up. <laughs> what you have, you said you're not really sure. You don't remember why. That's fine. Um, all right. So that, that sort of covers like, why did, why did it exist in the first place? And I guess it kind of leads into maybe what happened on what you said, October 27th. Right. So I don't know if like what critical mass there was there, but do you want to like share just like, kind of like what happened that night Were you just like having dinner and all of a sudden everything's broken. I want to rewind, um, to the, sure to back to the spring because, uh, when um, when Elon Musk first made the announcement that he was going to buy Twitter, there was an exodus. There, there was a it was a much smaller exodus yeah. at the time, and um, I, I was running the the server on a VPS, and it was already pretty slow. But like there were four or five people, so who really cared? Anyway, for for several days, it was completely unusable because people were were trying to uh, to, to create accounts and log in, and so I. I kind of swallowed hard and decided to go and actually rent a real server for it. And so I, uh, I went to Hetzner and rented a, a pretty significant server. It was a, uh, a AMD 5950 with 16 cores and 128 gigs of RAM and NVMe SSDs. Nice. And it actually worked super well. I mean, it was like lightning fast. That sucker can run a modern version of Microsoft Word. Outstanding. Almost enough to have two tabs <clears> open <throat> in Chrome. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so uh, uh, anyway, on um, I, I was at my uh, at, down at the beach. I, I have a place in um, in Panama City, and I was I don't exactly remember where I was at the time, but um, uh, I, the way I found out about it was people were. On, on Twitter, I was getting tagged a bunch. And so my phone was kind of lighting up. And so I logged on, I logged on the Mastodon. And at, at the time there were, I think I'd gone from a, 180 users to like a thousand users. Wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And then it was 2000 users. And then it was 3000. And then it was 4000. And then the site crashed. <laughs> now it was in the spring. No, this was in this was October. This was the, oh October. Uh, okay. okay, yeah, I rebuilt it. So the spring, the spring you bought a physical box right. and rebuilt it, right? And then October twenty seventh, E Day, we'll call it, E-day. because you know Elon, right? 
That's very creative. Is when, is when the shit really hit the fan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was, uh, it, it reminded me if, if some of you remember back to the dot com days of the, uh, I think it was the UPS commercial where the, uh, the little small businesses, you know, they launch their website and they get an order and they all cheer. Those two orders cheer. And suddenly it just starts going up into the, uh, the thousands of, of orders and they start to panic. It kind of felt like that. <laughs> so um, I spent the next uh, couple of days quite literally chasing after um, scalability problems on that particular server. I, I would um, run out of file handles. I would fix that. I would run out of uh, processes. I would fix that or run out of um, uh, database connections. I would fix that. And um, eventually I, you know, I've, I got it to a pretty, pretty stable spot where it was not going to run out of any, you know, any of those, kind of basic, um, the basics. And then it was about, um, it was about Sunday, maybe it was Saturday. So two, two whole days, days later where it just, even, even having fixed all of that stuff, the server just couldn't keep up. Uh, it was, it was, um, it was, people would post an image and it would take 10 minutes for it to render. It was, uh, it was pretty bad again. Yay. And, uh, and so I, um, got pretty aggressive. I, uh, pulled up, pulled the old credit card out and I started buying new, ser- you know, renting new servers, um, which, which is re- what I am currently running today. One of the, the most significant ones is I bought a, uh, an AMD Epic, uh, 32 core processor with, with 400 gigs of RAM. Dang. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like I'm I'm not going to have this problem again. I, and, I'm 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 done. And you're just running Mastodon right on top of the metal, right? You're not like virtualizing or something like no, that. No, not virtualized. So today, today the 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 front end is this Epic system. The Epic system runs Nginx and um, Minio for for S3 storage. Okay. And then um, the database server is off on a separate system, which which was the old, you know, the, the old end. server, but it is only running Postgres. It's the only thing running on it. It's probably overspecced for what it's what what it needs. I have a sep- another one of those same fifty nine fifties that's running uh, Elasticsearch and uh, and Redis. Then I have another two of those servers that are. Um, Solely running sidekick jobs. Dang. <laughs> now for the for for folks at home, uh, maybe I think a lot of us understand. You know, the database that's pretty important. That's probably how it, like where it stores the toots in, even though they're not called toots anymore. Um, they're still the S three. I guess <laughs> I guess that's where like the images are. So that's like you've got right. some object storage on that front end server. So Correct. so what is sidekick? I mean, I know what it is, but like. Maybe Jscar doesn't know what that is, and he's he's on YouTube right now. <laughs> so, so, so what's Sidekick, and why is that a big deal? Yeah, Sidekick is uh, is is kind of the heart of of how Mastodon works. Mastodon's kind of innards are processed in a series of queues, and those queues are orchestrated. Queue, get off my ship! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> exactly. within, Keyword uh, fired. And uh, and so so basically, you you have these you have these queues. Anytime you post something. It gets picked up by one of these queue runners, and it either delivers it out to other, 
instances, it posts media into the S3 bucket. It, uh, you know, what, whatever the case might be, if you're registering a new account, it actually, it is what sends the email. And so it's, it's basically the, th- the, the thing that does all of the, the work. And I will tell you those, those sidekick jobs are the thing that just made me crazy over the course of almost a week because, um, uh, they they were they were what kept running out of memory. They were kept running out of file handles. They kept running out of um, you know network connections. That just uh, kept running into um, into different uh, limitations with those. And so learned a crap load about them. I, I had by the way I've been working on Linux. I mean I actually started with BSD in in 1992. You were so down with I, BSD. I I have worked a lot with Unix, and I learned more in the past maybe three weeks than <laughs> I think I have in the previous thirty years. Yeah. So so I guess one of the take home messages, and I think a lot of our listeners will get this, is that if you want to stand up a Mastodon server, you're not downloading an EXE, saving it to your Windows 11 machine, double clicking an icon. It really Correct. is a bunch of different components working together. Probably now, on different boxes. There are a number of bundled options that you can, like DigitalOcean, for example. I've seen a lot of instance admins saying that they stood it up on DigitalOcean by using mm-hmm. the the one click. You like you click and run, and boom, you've got Mastodon. Now, right. the downside to that is if you're running the problem that Jerry did, I don't know how easy it is to expand that later. You know, like I don't know how much administration you can you can get in under the covers now. Knowing how DigitalOcean works, it probably just spun up a bunch of uh, droplets that you can then get into and do things, but I haven't seen how it looks. Mine is running on a VM in my basement in containers, so I could theoretically split those containers onto separate machines if I wanted to, right? So, you know, but that's that's the beauty of this kind of architecture, right? In the old days, you had this, I guess we still use the term monoliths, right? Uh, where, mm-hmm. like, the whole application is one big code base, and it's almost impossible to split out. Whereas Mastodon and many applications today are built in a way that it's these modular pieces. Um, I don't know if I'd call those microservices exactly, but they're jobs that run on different pieces that can then be expanded and moved into onto other machines, which is great, right? Otherwise, you might not have been able to do what you did, Jerry. Right. It's so, it is um, it is absolutely scalable. And again, I've I've you know, if I were to if I knew then what I know today, I I probably would have made some different decisions. But um, it, it, it actually is quite scalable. We, you know, you can actually run an arbitrary number of of, um, of web front ends. You can run an arbitrary number of Sidekick servers. You, you know, it, once you get into like, um, I, I don't honestly know if there's a way to cluster Redis. Certainly, you can cluster Postgres. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it, it is it is quite scalable. Sounds like a good candidate for Kubernetes type stuff. Oh, where yeah, if yeah. it's yeah, if yeah, it the, spikes, it can just spool up more pods. Mm-hmm. The containers, I would think, absolutely would run well inside of a, a Kubernetes-type environment. Yeah, In fact, definitely. the, the I, I want to say the Mastodon code base comes with a Helm chart that you can just pop right into Kubernetes, which would get you closer to that easy that easy button deployment, right? If you're uh, capable of running Kubernetes. See, I'm, I'm what you call container hesitant. Container hesitant, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Mark and I work for Red Hat. We're we're obligated to, to talk about containers at least once every time we breathe. Yeah, but I said <laughs> Kubernetes and not the actual thing we sell. You did. 
You did. Trying to be neutral. <laughs> container hesitant. No, uh, container deployments aren't for everybody. To be honest, I've been tinkering with containers for, my gosh, a decade at this point. It started with Docker and now Podman. And it was only in the past couple of years where I finally got comfortable enough with them that I could actually run services in them that I trusted <laughs> would, would work. <laughs> so yeah, I, what's I Oh, go ahead. No, no. I said what's funny is, you know, you're talking about your hardware and yet uh, Raspberry, the Raspberry Pi folk are running Mastodon on, you know, Raspberry Pis. Yeah. Now, I don't know how many they're using. I'd be curious about that. I doubt it's just a single one. Well, so that's the cool thing about Mastodon. When you stand it up, and you may not <laughs> know this being just someone who's using someone else's incident in, instance, but when you start up Mastodon and run the first setup script, you can tell it, I want to run this in single user mode, which basically means you have your own little instance that runs your account, and it'll federate mm -hmm. with all the other ones. All the local features, like the local timeline and stuff, won't have much in it because it's just you. But you can still interact with the rest of the network, which is really cool, I think, because that means right. you can kind of own your data and not have to worry about this other is, users you know, being the, responsible the, for the, other users. This is right up your alley, Mark. You need to get the domain getoff.mylawn. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Now, <laughs> one thing I do understand that is if you're – even if you're running uh, an instance in single mode and a popular figure like starts following you or something, that can actually trigger yeah. a sidekick yeah. job meltdown oh, yes. even though they're not on your instance because oh, yeah. of the way data is shared. Like I, I followed George Takai either today or yesterday, and I'm kind of curious, Nate, if we've seen any impact of that on our instance, because, you know, so the, I've, I've interacted with him a few times. The, the beauty of the fact that Mastodon is simply running in my basement and nobody pays me to run it is there's no monitoring. So I don't know. Oh. <laughs> oh, I, well, if you went into the SAR date, I wondered what you'd say. I didn't I didn't get paged or anything. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, I honestly, I, I didn't. I used it a few times today, though. I was busy with some meetings and stuff, um, and I didn't notice any issues. I followed George Takai yesterday as well, so I don't think uh, I don't think there's been any issues on my instance. Sweet. So, Jerry, if if it's not a trade secret, and I somehow don't think it is, um, how many users do you have currently, and and how much breathing room do you think you have based on your Linux foo? So there's um. There are 25,000 right now. We're growing, we're growing at about 1,000 a day. Oh my gosh. Which is crazy. It is crazy. Um, I, I suspect based on, um, you know, ba based on the headroom on the Epic system, I probably can get up to close to 100,000. Uh, but what I what I want to do is that, that epic system is just brutally expensive. <laughs> what I what I want to do is um, replace that with a couple of you know, but probably four or five smaller of the fifty nine fifties running you know kind of this more horizontal scale out instead of mm -hmm. just one big one big system. And and it, by the way, that like that's a kind of a big problem right now because if I want to patch. Um, Nginx, like I got to take the whole freaking thing down. But yeah, if, right. you, if you could have a couple machines running Nginx and then I suppose you'd want a load balancer or something in front of them or some kind of DNS magic so that it's, uh, if you took one down for an update, you could still be up and running. 
Yeah. When I, when I might, when I, um, when I move, I tried to do as much as I could without impacting people as they were moving over. My, my, one of my, um, one of my goals just that I set for myself was to try to give people a good landing spot. And, you know, because it's, it's, uh, it's not Twitter, right? I mean, it is a different, it is a different beast. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want people to also have their, their first, their first um, impression of, uh, Mastodon and the Fediverse be colored by the server being constantly unavailable and, and slow. So yeah, because um, there was a lot of that happening in that same mm-hmm. time period because a lot of people were, you know, maybe they're unaware that the service they're switching to is in fact run by a bunch of basically hobbyists, right? I mean, yes. I don't think there's such a thing as a professional Mastodon instance. Maybe there is. Um, well, the uh, the 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 main one. Which is mastodon.social and then also mastodon.online is is um is run by uh, Mastodon GmbH, which is a an entity that the, the the I guess quote founder of Mastodon actually runs. Okay. That instance, by the way, has nine hundred thousand users to give you an idea of how big it can scale. Wow. Gotta wonder what they've got so- in the back end. <laughs> So when you talk to people about Mastodon, let's let's pull the camera lens back a little bit, Jerry, because I, I I'm I'm interested in your perspective. Um, when you talk to people about Mastodon, I, I think a lot of folk are thinking, oh, all these people ran over because of the, the the garbage fire on E Day, and so people think about it as it's a it's a replacement for Twitter. Is it really a replacement for Twitter, or is it something different? It is. <laughs> it's both. It is both, right? So it is not Twitter, right? It has it has some of the same features as Twitter. Uh, but there are there are some market differences. For example, the search functionality is very, very different in in uh, Mastodon and, and other Fediverse software where you really can only search uh, on things that, that you um, have interacted with like the things that you follow, things that you've liked and things that you've um, boosted and, and things that you've posted. You can't search, you know, the entire network for a, a particular term. So it, it has put this, a lot of focus on like hashtags, which are people are not necessarily used to have having come from, from Twitter. The direct message system is very different. And yes. there's a lot of consternation about that, but I think some of that is actually a little unfounded, but, um, but you know, there it is. So searching, searching got you in a little trouble recently, didn't it? Or at least your, your, your name ended up in a, uh, an article or two. Uh, oh, you mean the, the, uh, the password? Uh... No, no, no. The, what, there was a project that was on, on your instance that was building some sort of a oh, massive yeah, search yeah. thing. I, I will, so I'll tell you over the, well, let me, let me just, kind of level set, right? One of the, one of the cultural norms of the Fediverse is, you know, privacy is a very, um, very deeply held uh, construct. It is, it is uh, something that, you know, the software was really built up around. And so it, for instance, it doesn't, you, you can't, you can't do what Twitter would have called a quote tweet. And the reason for that was it was seen as an, an enabler for, abusive behavior 
again, you can't search, you know, that the, there were a lot of kind of intentional design points to help uh, maintain, maintain privacy. So um, those are in a sense to, to put it in a, in a nerd term, those are not bugs or missing or missing options. Those are features. They're design points. That's absolutely right. Yeah. They're design points. Okay. Uh, the, the, the direct message thing, you know, I think is a, more of a maturity curve yeah. issue, but we'll stop that to the side for a second. So um, what, what had happened what, that you're, you were just talking about is not the first time this happened. It's probably like the third or fourth time. And so, so when I, when it actually happened this time, I'm like, oh geez, not again. So what, what happens is every now and then somebody joins my instance or some other instance and you know, they're smart people and they see the missing search functionality and they'll say, Oh, like this is an easy problem to solve. Super easy problem to solve. I can ingest all this data and just create, uh, you know, the, basically a search engine. And, um, and that is, uh, I guess what I'll say wildly unpopular. Because <laughs> you're and, essentially, uh, I, I guess the idea then is they're basically scraping the metaverse, or not the metaverse, the correct. fediverse for information and storing, <laughs> which is kind correct. of, I mean, it, it's kind of a privacy concern. These are public. Posts, yeah. I mean, right? so, so I will tell you, uh, there, there are a lot of a lot of people who, a lot of especially on the security side, who kind of look at the Fediverse and cock their head like a confused puppy and say, "Wait a minute, it, it's not private, right? It is it is public information. It is not protected. Why is this such a big deal?" Mm-hmm. But the reality is, it, it's a it, again, it's a cultural it's a cultural norm. Um, it absolutely is not in general, it's not protected. You, you have the ability to limit who can see your posts. Uh, but you know, it, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. It is, it is public. Um, and it is effectively scraping. It's a little simpler than that because you can actually just ingest the protocol. Like you can have it, have a, a cannon fed straight into your search database. Crazy. <laughs> I haven't looked a whole no. lot into how ActivityPub works, which anybody who's watching or listening who doesn't understand what ActivityPub is, that's the protocol that these instances use to communicate with each other. So when one instance talks to another, it's using ActivityPub. And uh, right. I, yeah. I presume there's more to it than that, but I don't know yet because I haven't really looked into how the it, protocol works. It, it looked like a big PubSub server. Like you, you publish data and other people are like sort of subscribing to it. Yeah, it's it's a a very extensible protocol. I mean, it's a super, super extensible protocol. And, you know, in fact, they keep adding new, uh, new features to it. So I'm just going to say, let's, let's talk about that just a little bit. Right. So a lot of people are focused on Mastodon right now because, Mm -hmm. you know, the Twitter exodus and all, you know, I mean, obviously we're talking about it. Right. So there's there's lots of people. I mean, you got interviewed by like Wired and somebody else about Mastodon, um, but there's more to ActivityPub and the Fediverse than just Mastodon. Mastodon's not the only service that's using, or the only, I guess, software that's using this protocol. There's also an Instagram Correct. clone. There's a YouTube yep. clone. There's, yep. uh, what was the other one? There's like a Twitch it's clone. A, it's a Twitch clone. There's a, there's a, a streaming music server, Funkleo. Yep. 
Uh, there's a this pixel fed is the uh, the Instagram clone. Right. There's um, there's a Facebook uh, clone. Um, what was that one? Yeah. I tried there's that right, one. Right as or right freely is a is a like a blog. Um, you know, like a WordPress type type thing. Um, yeah, and then there's there's also other. Um, you know, there are other alternatives that look and feel somewhat like Mastodon. Probably the most, um, the most popular one is called Pleroma. Okay. Some people will say that that's a lot lighter weight, it's more server friendly, but I, you know, it's one of those things where like I bought an iPhone back in 2008 and I still have an iPhone. So I set up Mastodon in 2017 and I still, uh, you know, there it is. Right. So, um, I had a thought now. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> you, you went on about the iPhone. I'm like, Oh, where's he going? And then it just left my I'm brain. Sorry. I don't remember what it was. I was going to say. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So activity pub is a, is a rather extensible protocol, right? Oh, that was the thing I was going to talk about. Mastodon has a limit on characters, uh, in your, your toots or posts, uh, in the same way that Twitter does. And I don't know why exactly they decided they decided on exactly 500 characters. I don't know if it's because they liked the Twitter limit and they thought that was a good limit to have because that was part of the charm of Twitter was that you couldn't go on and write a novel, mm -hmm. right? But a lot of people complain about the length, right? But the cool <laughs> thing is that ActivityPub isn't the thing that sets that limit, right? Correct. That's why Friendica, that was the one I was thinking of. Friendica is a... Facebook clone, and that'll let you post, like, novels the same way Facebook will, right? So, obviously, ActivityPub is capable. Um, Correct. Correct. And so, on on, uh, on InfoSec.Exchange, I actually run a fork of Mastodon called Glitch. And um, and so, Glitch actually lets you override Mastodon's 500-character limit. And so, uh, the, the post limit on, on InfoSec.Exchange is 11,000 characters. And it got there... Um, a couple of years ago, I had a, I had a, I was having a bit of a war with uh, Hackers.Town, which is another security-related uh, site, and we were just kind of like one-upping each other. And so I turned it up to eleven. And, and <laughs> it's like a rap battle, man. <laughs> and there, there it East is. East Coast rap wins. You turned it there up it to is. eleven. That's funny. Oz go to eleven. Well, why not just make ten the loudest? Blank stare at the camera. No, these go to eleven. That's right. <laughs> All the way up to eleven. That's amazing. So I've been using Mastodon mostly via the web interface for about a week. Um, and and so for for those listening who haven't jumped in yet, who don't quite get what's, you know, some of the differences, it there's some interesting concepts that when you're doing a single server or single appearing a single service social media are significantly different, right? You live on an instance and you have the concept of a home feed and the only stuff you'll see there are things that people on your instance post or boost or hashtags that you yourself are following. And then there's the federated feed, which starts to show you, I forget what the exact rule set is, but essentially the federated feed is built out of if your Mastodon admin has set up any relays to other servers, mm -hmm. as well as content that folk you're following might be following or boosting or whatever. But what I've noticed is that it sets up this nice little organic self-curated content 
And it's a much more pleasant and less stressful social media experience than either the Facebook or the bird site. And the bird site is what a lot of folk on Mastodon call Twitter now. That and, is an odd, that's something that is an odd word. I don't know. Like, I understand where the word came from. I don't understand why, though. Like, why do we not want to I, say Twitter? <laughs> I, um, it, because it, it is to me, it seems like um, like uh, middle schoolish to be to be candid. It, but but I, mean, I think it's a mi- I think it's a mix of middle school. But there's also we, we talked about culture and stuff a little bit. There is a culture in Mastodon that I've noticed where people almost seem to try to go out of their way to respect not getting others upset. So the idea of using content warnings to not reveal your post automatically, the ideal of, 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 you know, it's almost like a Voldemort thing. He who must not be named. I think it's an attempt to kind of, to keep the temperature down a little bit. That's been my observation. So you, you actually hit on a really important aspect of the, you know, of Mastodon and the Fediverse is that it is, you know, in addition to being very privacy sensitive, it's also very, um, you know, courteous. I don't know how to say it, right? It's caring place, right? We it's, we try to respect each other. It feels like it's courteous, right? So, like you're yes. when when you're a kid, I mean, depending on who your parents were, you, your parents tell you to be kind to others, right? And that's the feeling I get, honestly. Like this may sound hokey, but that's the feeling I get when I look through my Mastodon uh, feed, right? Where if there's anything even like remotely sensitive, like even the slightest bit ins- sensitive or inflammatory, it's censored, right? And unless it's either from someone who's new or, you know, maybe they just forgot and they didn't hit the button. But I've seen people censor pictures of their pets, which to me is yes. weird. Like, why does that have to be censored, right? I don't people, do that. People but. will censor pictures oh. of themselves, like looking into the camera. Uh, they'll censor pictures of food. And and so there's so, yeah there's, there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of nuance I guess is the way I'll say it. Yeah, so I read a post specific I wrote a I read a post specifically because someone did ask why are we why are you censoring pictures of your cat, and the person said well, two years ago or something like that I lost a cat who was very dear to me and I and when I would see pictures of other people's cats on social media it would make me upset, mm-hmm. so I do it to be courteous to people who might have recently lost a pet. Yeah. Again, it's a cultural thing. It makes it, it makes is. sense. It makes sense. I mean, sometimes you have to wonder that, and I don't want to get like inflammatory simply by talking about <laughs> being not inflammatory. Yeah, that's fine. But sometimes you have to wonder where that line is, right? Like how is how far like, out of my way can I go to help not uh, upset somebody else, right? But you know, whatever. If you want to censor every post you make, then great. <laughs> what, yeah. what the, and, uh, and I think. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jerry. You're the guest. I should let you talk. Go. <laughs> Just going to say one one of the things about about Mastodon and the Fediverse in general is that each instance has its own set of rules. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know what might be acceptable on one instance, you know, may not be acceptable on a different instance. And if the if the differences are too stark, then you know those instances might choose to not federate with each other. Um, but, actually, but in general, sorry, go ahead. Finish your in, in general, we like we find ways to work with each other. There are some that end up being pretty far out there and 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 not participating. And that's okay if it happens. Yeah. So when 
when I first stood up my instance and I started learning about things like relays and block lists, um, first of all, the first thing that it reminded me of was back in my email administration days when I had to block all the IPs from China and I had to subscribe to remote block lists and whatever. And I do wonder how soon it'll be until we're there with <laughs> with Mastodon, where, right, where it's like we have some agreed upon list of bad uh, bad uh, uh, instances that we're all blocking, but we're we're, we're getting there already. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to be candid, we're we're so, pretty much there. So what I did was I looked through because when you're a Mastodon admin, you can choose to publish your block list, right? And you do that, mm -hmm. Jerry. I've, I went and looked yep. and see what you had blocked to sort of get on get an idea for things that maybe I want to block preemptively, right? I noticed you had a lot of things in there. You can even add comments that say, like, this guy seems to spread hate speech. Maybe you want to block him, right? This this one is all about porn, right? Whatever, right? So I went through those, and I I, I blocked a number of those based on what you had blocked. Um, and um, I also, like, some of them that either you didn't have comments or the comment was vague enough that I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to block them, I went and visited them, and I could see what was, what was publicly shared. And that also exposed me to some of the other... Um, I guess software that can be run, like you were talking mm -hmm. about that competitor to Mastodon, which was kind of interesting, that. right? Just to see other people that are running a different, uh, a different software stack. Um, but anyway, that that is powerful, right? So you chose to block this set of 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 instances. I can choose to block all of them, or some of them, or none of them, right? Because that's my own right. choice, right? Which is which is pretty cool. But I said all that to say. Uh, <laughs> Somebody reached out to me or someone responded to one of my posts on Mastodon and they, they, they said the, the like worst case here, right? What if Elon decides to, to re-architect Twitter so that it can federate with, uh, with Mastodon and ruins, ruins everybody's party? And my response was simply, we'd block him. Right? And like that's the power, I think. That's the power of this, yeah. of this, uh, this architecture. And I, I think and, the person who posted we, this literally just didn't know that it was that simple. We have we have had some hyper corrosive instances. Um, there, most notably, one called Kiwi Farms, which which was super in the news. And I th I don't think even a lot of people realized that that was a Fediverse instance, and it was a it was a really really toxic place. But you know we we have that we have the tools to handle that. Which I think is great. Yeah, like I'm, I'm really right. happy that that was built into the way Mastodon was designed. Now I don't know if that's a a core tenant of how ActivityPub works, or if that's something that everyone who builds an ActivityPub-based software stack needs to accommodate. I think it's a feature of all of them, I believe. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's great that it exists, right? Because we can we can pick and choose, and I guess you could even choose to not federate at all and run your own little isolated node. Right. So. Yeah, the the most recent version that came out this past um, this past Monday 4.0 actually has um, it was a little more difficult to do previously, but now they actually add an explicit ability uh, either to to do an allow list federation where instead of like a block list, you 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 have an allow list, and you can also set it up so that it's just an island, which is which is um, good. So. I was in a discussion last weekend with somebody who was frustrated because she wants some sort of, I'm going to call it universal block list or universal white list that 
means that she doesn't need to have her instance. Basically, the instance owner should not have to mo- should not have to moderate, and there should be some sort of central uh, server that that is decided upon. These instances are terrible, and it could be because they have a political slant that she doesn't care for or whatever. And I actually pointed her to the whitelist feature in the documentation. She's like, no, that's not what I mean. And I'm like, well, it sounded like what your use case was. But it, so it sounds like that for some people, there's this expectation that somebody else will come in or should step in and be like, these are the approved communities that Mastodon servers should follow. And these are communities that regardless of your opinion, Mastodon should automatically block. And to me, that's someone who doesn't quite get it. To me, the network and the way that you build your communities will will take care of that organically. Mm-hmm. I, I don't but I don't know. Does is that a common struggle that comes up every so often? The idea that there should be some sort of central there's, authority that says these are the people we should not allow in, even if we disagree with what they believe. There's a there's a lot, not just that, right? There's a whole lot of um, well, gosh, it should do X. Um, that that is a common refrain. I will I will say that, and to be to be candid, there are. There are some, um, you know, kind of uh, community-driven block lists. the The challenge with those is, you know, of course, you know, if you're if you're not fully politically aligned with them, then you're not, you know, you're gonna, you're, it's probably gonna rub you the wrong way. And and so, I uh, I think there's some peril in that. And you know. Look, I, one of the I think one of the things that's going to be very interesting to watch because we've had, I think, close to two million people uh, joining the Fediverse since since E Day, as we'll call it. I made it's a been, thing. You made a thing. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what kinds of innovations start cropping up. Like, you know, maybe, maybe that does become a thing. You know, one of the um, one of the things that's kind of it's a it's a bit of a love hate is you know as a result of um, the, the fact that Matt, the Fediverse is a bunch of independent sites and for those who aren't aware it's kind of like uh, looks like an email your your account name looks like an email address it's a it's a username and a domain name and what has happened and my instance struggled with this pretty mightily in the early days was you had big names coming over. And, and sometimes it was really the person and sometimes it really wasn't the person. It was somebody coming over trying to create an account named Brian Krebs as an example, but that really wasn't, it really wasn't him. And, uh, and, and so that's actually happened quite, quite a lot. And so um, there's, there's some, you know, movement afoot to try to create like a central clearinghouse for, uh, you know, who the, who the actual Brian Krebs is are in 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 the fediverse yeah uh, I mean, so this this comes back to the problem that and i just i tooted at you jerry <laughs> this uh this this comes back to the the problem with decentralized anything right so uh way back when 
when the web was founded, right? This the idea of decentralization was at its core, right? And all of the services that we all grew up using, email, DNS, uh, web servers, like they were all decentralized. They weren't they weren't run by any one central forums, forums, right? IRC, right? Like these things weren't they weren't moderated by one one central authority, right? And it wasn't too much of a problem except maybe with email because email is a communication platform. Social media mm -hmm. is a communication platform, right? So with a communication platform, you get the usual problems of trying to impersonate other people. I don't agree with that with what that person said. Like this is a story as old as the first email ever sent, right? Flame wars are a thing that happen because misunderstandings happen and disagreements happen. With email, we ended up like it, it turned into eventually that like the reason everyone hands their email off to Microsoft and Google anymore is because it's a pain in the ass, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Who should I block? Uh, oh, who's going to fish my users next? Who's going to impersonate somebody? Who's going to say things that people disagree with, right? These are all problems that we see with a decentralized model. So a lot of people started to flock to the centralized stuff like social media, but that didn't work out either. So you know, there is no right answer here, I think is what I'm getting at. Like there's no solution. The solution is that you have to have administrators that care about their users, care enough to maintain the infrastructure and to try to keep it safe for everybody. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And you know what is, it is one of the, I think one of the reasons why there's a lot of people who, who feel like, you know, there should be more or less a, a max size for an instance. I don't know what that max size would be, but you know, beyond a certain size, it becomes, you know, it becomes difficult to, to moderate and, and manage, but you have to kind of balance that by, you know, the more, or the, the, the lower the cap you put on, that means you have to have more separate instances, which means you now have to keep track of, you know, uh, you, you end up in the email problem, right? Now you, you end up having to have a, uh, an RBL type system, for the Fediverse, uh, like we have for email. And I, I think over time, candidly, I think we're going to end up getting there. I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, and maybe it's, uh, it's, you know, some similar to the way it's, you know, sprouted up in, in, um, you know, in, in email where you have both commercial and, um, you know, private or, uh, um, you know, um, public entities, I guess, like spam house and, and others trying to keep track of who, you know, who is the abusive parties, who are the spammers. You know, one of the things that's kind of af ahead of us is we've had this, we've had this inflationary period of, of growth. And, and like I, we have companies signing up on, on uh, InfoSec at exchange, like rapid seven. I just, you know, they, they signed up and I, there's a bunch of, bunch of security companies and they're actually really well behaved. Like I, I have no, I hope <laughs> no concerns whatsoever. What concerns me is once you start having like the WPPs and the, you know, the, the ad firms start saying, huh, how can we, how can yeah. we monetize this thing? Yeah. That's what starts to concern me because I don't know what they're going to come up with. Um, but you know, we'll, all I can say is we'll, we'll, you know, we'll uh, deal with it as it comes. Yeah. And it's, it is, I, I definitely, right. Cause email didn't start 
as a pain in the ass to administer, right? It was a neat technology that enabled people to communicate. And then people figured out that they could not just sell things through email, but they could scam people through email and they latched mm -hmm. onto it, right? So that's that happened with social media. It happened with forums. It happened with the, you know, the Dude. comments in YouTube videos. It happened with Discord, right? Like I get spammed on every communication platform that I'm on. Not Mastodon yet. <laughs> It'll come. So <laughs> I, I remember the day that the World Wide Web stood together, and this was in the in the nineties, and 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 like actively mocked people who tried to use the web for commercial purposes, and that changed pretty quickly. Yeah, almost overnight. Somebody somebody was crazy and started selling books online. I remember that. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that was <laughs> what, and and then and then it was the war against pop up ads. You know, God. it's always some. So, it's it's human, right? Humans yeah. are always going to try and figure out how how can I make a buck from this. Well, it's I mean, where are the people? Wherever the people are is where the advertisements are going to show up, right? And that's we're good or bad. Where the people are, there, I did it. I triggered him. You, you did it. You, you, you triggered. <laughs> I think. Exactly right. <laughs> but I think you know one of the good things is that those of us who run our own instances, we can say no. I will not, you know, I'm not going to take advertising. And instances that want to take advertising, well, I've got to be honest. If I start seeing boosts, like there's been a couple of boosts that have made it to my local feed where I'm like, this almost feels like an ad. And I either unfollow or block at that point. Mm -hmm. And there's like, there's, there's a point where... <clears throat> Like you almost need to worry about that. Like I was, I was hesitant to share the link to tonight's show on Mastodon because in the back of my head, I'm like, people don't want to see ads here. Do I want to be that guy that erodes that line? Right now, not, sharing my own podcast may not feel like an ad, but I mean, let's be honest, this, this show costs money and we have Patreon and we make money from it, or I make money to run the show. Um, is it an ad or not? I don't know. <laughs> I boosted it, so implicitly it's um It's your fault it's now too. Permitted, yeah. <laughs> I think I, look, I would the, argue against because you can consume this content without paying a dime. Good point. Well, that's that's true. And it's useful too. I mean it's I think it's it's uh, well, created hopefully it's useful. Arguably. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, something. But I, I I will tell you it is you know I, I one of the one of the issue first issues other than the technical growth problem that I had was um, was moderation like we we did have wasn't so much spam but there was just a lot of um, a lot of nonsense you know a lot lot of uh, pornography a lot of like hate speech a lot of just kind of the same types of stuff. Bad actors, I think, probably also coming up, coming over with the good actors. I actually had to um, to recruit a moderating a moderation team, who, by the way, is phenomenal. Like I pretty much owe my life at this point to, to these to these people. Um, they they are absolutely amazing. It, but it is it is that very thing that you just described that they're kind of charged with having to figure out is. Is a post about the Iron Sysadmin podcast an ad, or is it? Is it not? 
And, and, you know, so, right. so it, um, you know, that there's no, no black and white bright line answer to, to those kinds of questions. Like many things I'm, in life, right? There's shades of gray we dance in. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see how quickly this is going to change though. How quickly the, the, the norms that were on Mastodon last month yeah. prior to the, the utter meltdown of, of, of Twitter, uh, and how long it's going to last until those things change. Now, I, you know, I don't expect that they're suddenly going to have retweets and or retweets or whatever the hell we're calling it now. Um, and and they're going to add all these search features and everything else. But, you know, with the, with the massive influx of people, moderation is going to be interesting, very interesting, because they're coming from a world where, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just as guilty of it. Like, I haven't used the 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 content warning stuff at all now i don't think i've said anything super trigger worthy but you know it doesn't even begin it's not even something i think about because it's uh, you know i throw it out there and if people don't want to see it you shouldn't be following me i so, use it uh oh, go ahead. i'm sorry i've oh, no. used it primarily for when i talk about games or, or things like andor when it's a, like a mild spoiler and I'll put in the I'll put in the title mild you know mild spoiler and or mild spoiler gameplay because I don't like being spoiled myself. Right? Sure, and and I think that's a perfectly valid reason, and, I, and that's something that I might do too. You know, it's kind of like well, now I can throw that stuff out there, and you know, people people will at least have a, a half a warning about it. But if I'm talking about you know responding to somebody about politics or talking about politics or you know whatever, like the idea that I'm have to pre-censor myself before I do anything after having been on, on other platforms where that's, it's simply not a thing. It's just, you know, you know, and, and I know, I know it can bother some people, but like my, the reason that I'm on, was on Twitter and not on something like Facebook and others is that, you know, Twitter for me was very one-sided, you know, you, you can choose to follow me. And if you don't want to, okay, great. But I'm not going to censor myself for what, you know, something that you don't like, you know, mm-hmm. and, so, and, and Mastodon feels like the same way, except that, you know, I'm a little concerned now that if I don't start thinking that way, you know, Jerry might boot me. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, well, I, so I, I will tell you, right. There, there is, there is shades of gray for the most part. You know, if, if, if you act, I mean, I think most, most instances are like this. If, if you act if you're acting rationally and you're not being a hateful jerk and um, like, like I, I have actually had to respond, you're not, um, you know, you're not talking about illegal things. You're not you know, doing illegal things and, and otherwise uh, harassing people. My, my view is, you know, people are free to block you, right? If they don't like what you're saying, block you. But like if, if there is a, there is a line that you can cross where, you know, that's just not the kind of thing I want on the instance, right? I don't want people um, making off-color humor or, um, you know, basically being intolerant of, of people. I, I, I like to say we are, um, we are intolerant of intolerance. And, and that's just the way, just something that I, um, you know, I, I, I feel deeply about. And if somebody doesn't like that, then... You know, there are other instances out there where they can stand <laughs> up their stand, own. Yeah, they can stand up their own. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, just, I, I like being treated like an adult. You know, right. like 
look, if you don't like something on your instance, like let's have a conversation about it. I, I don't right. think I'm a person that's going to, you know, honestly don't think that you and I will ever be talking about that because it's simply not the content that I would put out there anyway. I don't but know, Jason. I just learned that I, your neighbor hates you. Yeah. Apparently my neighbor <laughs> hates me. Which, which was so, news to me because I don't even know who the guy is, but whatever. Um, but the, the idea of because I've seen I've seen a couple things mentioned and you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about, Jerry. But I saw a couple things mentioned today of of, you know, somebody getting booted off a, a, one of the servers for, the, you know, God knows what. But, you know, I, this is somebody that I follow that I've never I, I've looked and I've seen I think I've seen most of what's been posted and it's like. Okay, what what's the big deal? So it just feels like there's some of these are arbitrary, like if the moderators or owner of the server or whatever doesn't happen to like what you have, you know, you're gonna get booted out and then it's it's you're gonna have to move somewhere else and kind of start over. And it, that's that that avenue of it is just kind of a, that's so a little scary to to think about that. Two yeah. two comments I have on that. One is hopefully an instance admin that wants you off their server will give you the chance to migrate your data, which is a thing that's actually very easy to do on Mastodon. You can move to a new instance mm-hmm. pretty easily. In fact, a a, a mutual friend of ours, Jason. Um, was on one instance and someone else he knew stood up a new one and he wanted to move to it and he did and he went through that and he he shared some of the uh, so, some of the the context about it with me uh, and and he he said it was actually a really really simple process but the other thing I wanted to mention was that if you are unwelcome on an instance you can either move to another one or you can stand up your own, right? That's the beauty of this kind of an infrastructure. Yeah, no, no, I I, I get that. I'm just, you know, um, I knew you could move from instance to instance, but in my mind, that's sure I can move my, like I move, but I don't even know what's moved. Like my, my guess would be like just the people that I'm following, but does it update, will it update people who are following me with the new yeah. handle? Yes. yes. Okay. So that's when, that's not so what, what, incredibly hard. What happened on my side of the interaction when he moved his his account was I got a notice that he refollowed me, which was basically Mastodon saying a new account with the same person's name was now following me. So I had I knew that he moved, but he said all the people he was following came right along with him, right? So there was no like he didn't have to go refollow everybody. They just got kind of a notice that this guy moved. Oh, that's that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's not so, not so bad. One of the things we are um, we are trying to do again because we have quite a few you know quite a few uh, people on on the on the server, and uh, you know nothing will cause drama faster than unclear rules and, and you know inconsistent application of rules. And so what we're trying to do, and again, this is like I full credit to the to the moderation team. They are just absolutely on top of this. They, they are trying very hard, and I think I know the situation you're talking about. They're trying very hard to create a somewhat objective map of the different types of things that would need to be under a content warning, things that you know might would, would get you a, a warning or get you limited or suspended or, or what have you. And, and um, you know putting that out for for comment. Um, I don't think we're tr- we're not trying to be, unreasonable but at the same time like uh, you know we have 25,000 people and nobody wants to see a, a dick pic fly by right most people so, don't 
I'd agree. <laughs> there, there are some instances that want as many of those as they can get. And well, God I mean, bless there them. are. And, and look, and that's the great thing about the Fediverse. Go find that. in Grinder.social, right? But yeah. Um, one of our listeners asked a question, and I want to read it out because it's a great question. Uh, Josh said, hey, when you aren't paying for something, you are the product. That being said, and this is to you, Jerry, are you taking donations to help uh, host or offset the cost for the instance? And uh, the answer is yes. I have a, um, I have two, right now I have two donation way, two donation methods. One, one for one time, I take PayPal to Jerry at infosec.exchange. And then uh, the other recurring donation is on Libra Pay, and I'm not even going to try to remember with a link to that. It's pinned it's, in my it, my. Uh, so info it's okay. Screen. I put the link in the notes already. Yeah, it'll be in the oh, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, I wasn't aware of the PayPal one, but the the Libra Pay is in the notes. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Um, and you know it, uh, it it's been quite interesting because a lot of people are uh, are are paying what they would have paid for a uh, you know the the, the Verification on Twitter. <laughs> That's actually kind of ironic, right? That so they would choose to pay the eight dollars when they would not pay them on Twitter. <laughs> so, so pro, pro tip for Libra Pay: um, Libra Pay is it just kind of passes everything through, so you end up paying the fees along with it. So, if you send ten dollars to Jerry, he doesn't get ten dollars; he gets ten dollars minus whatever fees yeah, are necessary for the terrible, method yes. that you pay. So. You know, if you bump it up a little bit, you can pay for those fees and Jerry still gets ten dollars. Yeah, but to be honest, Patreon does the same thing, right? And and Patreon's very yeah. kind to say Iron System and Podpat podcast makes, I don't know, a hundred bucks a month when really what I'm yeah. seeing in my account is like seventy something. <laughs> right. So Yeah, I don't I, I I don't know what the I don't know what the the fees are though. Um they they there's some pretty scary language about how how incredibly high the fees are if you do like monthly versus paying yearly. So I still haven't quite figured it all out. Yikes. I'll have to look at that. I, I don't know offhand what they are. I tried to, I, so, I picked Libra pay because they, they seemed like the, uh, the least expensive at the time, at least. So I'm going to ask the question and Jerry, you can tell me pound sand. I'm not sharing this information, but I'm going to ask. Okay. Um, Ballpark, what what's it costing you monthly to run InfoSec right so now? And I, again, um, if you're not if you're not comfortable sharing it, that's fine. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm actually quite transparent about it. I, I posted a little joke uh, yesterday with Bart Simpson writing, uh, "My wife is going to kill me when she opens the credit card bill." <laughs> and and uh, so this next credit card bill will from Hetzner will be a, a little over two thousand dollars. So. Um, which is considerable, fairly, but and that's that's for a single month. That'll be for a single month, but about five hundred of that will is uh, is one time, one time setup fees, like the spin up fees. Like I, I, did, like I had to slam some stuff in fast. Yep. So Hetzner, now I I don't want to turn this into an ad that's, for um, your, your colo place. That's but, eight cents, eight cents per user. If everybody running on it donates to you, are are they like a colo? Is that what I, is that what I understand? They're, they're basically like a colo that'll run a, a physical machine for you instead of a cloud provider. Is that the? So they are. Um, they're both a cloud provider, a colo, and they do dedicated hardware. And so I'm using their dedicated uh, hardware. So they're providing the bare metal systems. Okay. I did early on. I did try some of the the cloud 
the cloud systems. And at least when I was running it on one individual system, I found that the IO performance was just not there, which is what Oof. kept me going back to the bare metal. Yeah. Listen, if you want to hear me rant about terrible performance on servers you're renting from Amazon, go ahead and listen to our last podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We've been on sort of a series about cloud and, and there's been a couple where Mark has gone off about IO and uh, CPUs getting stolen out from under him and things like that. CPU cycles, mm -hmm. I should say. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm sure there's, there's more cost efficient ways, um, but you know, the, like anything in IT, it's uh, it's more of a trade craft than a yeah, science. Yeah, there's well, there's always a trade off, right? So uh, my instance is running, like I mentioned earlier, on a VM on a machine in my basement. That machine has the convenience of not costing me monthly, other than the power and cooling, but it's in my basement, which means it's noisier for my home. Uh, I need space to put it in. It costs me on my electric bill. And if something breaks, I have to walk to my basement and repair it, right? Whereas if I'm on a cloud provider or a colo, I just call them up and go, hey, there's a hard drive fail and I just got an alert. Can you guys swap it out, right? Uh, it, everything is either a time or money investment is really what I'm, what I'm getting at, I think. Um, also, mm -hmm. that machine in my basement wasn't free and um, it's also 10 years old, right? So anyone who's on my instance, you're running on 10-year-old hardware. Sorry. <laughs> I put that in my server description, by the way. <laughs> so anybody signing so, up online, con consider us warned. Yeah, consider yeah. us warned. So, so I have another question I want to ask Jerry. Sure. Are we, in your opinion, is this a flash in the pan? Like everybody's making a big deal of how quickly Mastodon is growing, uh, but have we <clears throat> reached a critical mass? Or are people going to get bored and be like, yeah, I tried that Mastodon and I downloaded it on my phone and the app was crap or it was really too – I couldn't find Aunt Bertha's pictures and there really weren't enough cat memes. You know, like – so do, do we – do you think there's going to be a user drop-off? Like what do you think? I, a user drop-off is almost inevitable. I mean when you when – you Much like Thanos – yeah, when you scroll through the timeline, there's a there's a lot of people, you know, complaining about different different things. A lot of people, by the way, I think their their experience with Mastodon and the Fediverse is colored by the fact that they're using a mobile app, and and a lot of the mobile apps are just not very good as compared to the web app. And and I I like I've been on this thing for five years, and I've tried every one of the mobile apps like a bunch of times over and I keep coming back to the web interface, even on my phone, it's just way better, way better experience. Uh, but, but having said that, so I'm of two minds on the one hand, the network effect is in full effect, right? We, there are a lot of people talking like you, you don't have to go anywhere else to interact with super smart people. If you post something, you're probably, you know, no matter how, you know, trivial, you're probably going to get a like or, you know, follow or, or, or a comment. There's just that much, that much of a buzz. So it, it has a, has a bit of its own uh, gravity now, but at the same time, you know, it, it is, uh, it is a bit of a novelty. I think, you know, we will see some number of people leave. I don't know. 
in a year from now is, you know, is the user count going to be down to 20,000 or is it down to 5,000? I, I don't, or, or 500, I, I, maybe it's 50,000. I don't really know exactly where it's going. I do think that, you know, um, as a community, we have to start putting more, uh, like I, I have super generous people donating to, to support my, um, to support my instance. And I am so thankful for them. And I'm, I'm, I'm super happy with all the people who are on the instance. And like, I'm incredibly impressed by, by the people who are there. Um, but we have to make, we have to remember, like we're using open source software and, and that open source software is dependent on, you know, people donating the time and money to make it better. And so I've actually taken some of the money that I've got because I mean, I, you know, I'm a CISO and I make fairly decent money. So I have actually continued to increase the amount of money I'm contributing to um, the, the Mastodon Foundation. It's probably not the right word, but the, uh, the the organization that funds the development of of the open source project, because that's where I think we're going to, you know, if it's going to have legs, it's going to require more investment it's going to require improving things like the direct message, you know, privacy and, um, in other things so like there, there's a, it's, it's a great, it's a great platform already, but there's certainly opportunity for improvement. And it's, and it's uh, like, it's on us, right? We, we are, we are them. Yeah. And that's both the power and the drawback of both decentralized and open, open source software is that you get all the power and freedom, but that power and freedom comes with a bit of expense, right? Whether it's convenience mm-hmm. or like actual money, right? Um, or time, right? Just like I said, right? If something's wrong with my instance, I need to go fix it. I can't just wait for the Twitter engineers or the, the Facebook people to bring the service back. <laughs> I, I am the guy, right? There's... So There's funny. no Twitter engineers left. I am the law. Good point. It's a funny, no- funny story. <laughs> funny story. Um, was it last night or the night before last when Artemis launched? Uh, was uh, Artemis launched at 1.30 a.m., 1.45-ish a.m. Eastern time. And um, I have terrible insomnia, and I was roll, tossing and turning, and I looked at my phone, and it was like 1.30. And so I... I, I and I knew that it was about to launch, so I so I opened up the NASA TV app and I just started watching it, and um, I started getting getting pings. Your your Mastodon instance is down, and so yeah, all right, I got to get up. And so I um, that was actually the end of my night's sleep. I got up and I watched the uh, watched the launch while I was fixing. There were nine thousand concurrent users because apparently everybody and their dog was awake watching the Artemis launch, there were 9,000. The, the most I had ever seen before was about 4,000 concurrent users. And I had set the limit to be 8,000. And, uh, and obviously that didn't work so well. Yeah. I've had none of and those issues. No yet I, I don't have enough oh. users yet. Right. But, uh, and I, to be honest, as much as I want to see this all succeed, I hope I never have that problem because I don't want, I don't want my instance to turn into a part-time job. 
<laughs> well, I've had some people on the Facebook asking me for uh, accounts. I've added a few. Yeah, and you know, folks, folks that we know, and in fact, even folks listening to the show, if if like you're really dying to get on Mastodon and you want to join my instance, I'm not going to turn you away. But uh, just know that it's a hobby, and I'm it, same deal for Jerry, right? This is a hobby, right? So if it's down in the middle of the night, maybe don't wake him up. He has enough trouble sleeping anyway. <laughs> I, 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 based on news that I'm kind of watching real time, um, Jerry, you might not get any sleep tonight because I think, uh, I think things are going south very quickly on, on the old site and you may get an influx of new people again. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I've, I've got <laughs> a, I've, I've oh, got yeah. a, I've got a, an article or two in our news that we'll talk about later on that just like, I, I have a real bad feeling about poor old Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like it just. I guess things didn't go the way that uh, Elon thought they were going to go today. Surprise. And uh, um, as a result, uh, the Twitter campus is locked down until Monday. Like nobody gets access to the buildings or something because oh there's gosh. rumors or, or there's a there's a fear of, of uh, insider threat um, because of the hundreds of people that have left today. Yeah, okay, so, that's so not, it should, like, should be should be interesting. Like, I don't, I don't want to spread. Look, Sorry, go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who are disgruntled and you know, both inside and outside, but man, there's some things that are just not okay. Yeah, I I, I, I don't want to spread like hyperbole here, but I, I saw earlier today, it might have been on Mastodon, someone shared an email that was supposedly from Elon to Twitter's staff about basically like a, if you're not on board with the new direction, GTFO, here's your severance. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, yeah. That was that's that that's was totally legit. Totally yeah. legit. Yeah, and there's there's been a lot of like, how many people you think are going to just take that and run, right? Like three months pay, <laughs> and you know three months to find a new job. I, uh, <laughs> given the way things are going, that might be a better option. So uh, maybe that's got something to do with it, Jason. Oh yeah, yeah. The, to- that's exactly what I'm saying, and the. The rumors are, which are pretty solid at this point, that a number of extremely important teams as a whole left, and they're they're like the uh, they're, they're basically like the Twitter can't really run without these guys type teams. So there's there's apparently a mad scramble to try to keep people and offer them incentives, and you know the, the rumor mills all over the place. But there's a there's a I'm I'm seeing a lot of. Uh, pretty much universal across my entire feed right now is a lot of people saying uh this sucks i hope it doesn't go away but if it does it's been fun goodbye you know like so that's it's it's very very down at the moment Mm. kind of like uh there was a while back there was an mmo that was shutting down i remember watching a video where that people had recorded the last few moments of the of the servers being up before they shut them down and there was a lot of that going on, you know, like, oh, you know, this has been great. Goodbye, everybody, whatever. That's kind of what that feels like, the way you're describing, right? So, all right. So we've been going at this for a little over an hour. Um, I think we've covered everything I wanted to talk about and a lot of other things, right? So um, I guess one last round. Anybody have anything else they want to either ask Jerry or just like comments about Mastodon in general before we go to the break? Or do we have any questions yeah, in chat even- that, that haven't been answered? Given given your experience uh, thus far running your own instance, would you recommend this to anybody else? 
It is exciting. It, I will tell you, if you're going to run a smallish mm-hmm. instance, it's fine. Like it's fun. It's fine. But if you are going to try to do something larger, it's a, it's an investment in time and money. No, no it's doubt exciting about it. and new. It's like being on the love boat. Get <laughs> aboard. Yeah. So oh, I mean, yeah. the, the, part of me wants to, part, yeah, part of me wants to stand my own up, but I also want to support Nate as a user. So I'm torn right now. So the I've done the self-hosted community stuff. It's, it's a thing I enjoy. I've done it for years. It's part of why I run this podcast. I used to run a BBS back in the days, right? So like, this is nothing new to me. This is, this is something I enjoy. However, when it starts to become a part-time job is when it becomes a problem. And, and Jerry, you're there. I, I like you're solidly there, right? That's <laughs> like at this point, it's a judgment call on your point. But uh, you know, I I don't know if I would want to be in the two thousand dollar a month range for a hobby. <laughs> but I guess if you're getting yeah. donations that cover that, like that might that might be fine, right? Yeah, that's the that's the thing. I, I have to figure out the whole life balance, but um, but for now, it you know I, I I'm able to cover the the bills. Eastern PA, I hope my little song about the love boat cheered you up a little bit and cured some of the bashing. <laughs> um, cool. I just to me, I get such a such a Usenet slash forum slash early internet community feel the stuff that people complain about the lack of being able to find anybody on the planet the lack of smaller people being crushed by celebrities to me that's a that's a feature with mastodon that i've really embraced and i'm at the point a week in where i've actually got enough stuff flying by on my feeds that i feel like i probably can slow down a little bit on trying to find stuff to follow it's almost running too fast for me to consume. And I think that's a good place to be if you're doing social media, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, and it's like, and none of it stresses me out. It's, it's the, this has always been the balance with new services, right? We don't have the huge influx of users yet. Now I know Jerry, you may have, you may have a differing opinion there based on how many users you've seen join your instance, but we don't have the millions of people that the larger social networks have yet, and I don't know exactly. if we ever will, but when you do, along with it comes the drama, and along with it comes the people who want to advertise, and along with it comes just like all the things that make social media bad today. So I do wonder if, um, like, are we going to get to that point at some point, and is Mastodon just going to be the next thing we're all trying to leave in 10 years? I hope not. Uh, like, know, it, I hope We'll see. I hope not. I don't think it's ever going to have a billion users, just to be super clear. Right? Yeah. Do we want it to? Right. I don't. No, I don't think so. Right. I think. I think the the tools are in place for people to build their own communities of people of like minds. And and see, that's the thing. I'm not a sociologist, but I've read things where, and I and I'm starting to really believe this based on the other groups I move in smaller groups of humans are the ideal mm-hmm. a dozen two dozen three dozen once you start to get beyond that people's other people start to become more background noise so yeah. 
smaller communities that you can reach out and interconnect with other smaller communities, that feels right to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been a great uh, conversation. I, uh, thank you, Jerry, for, for, for joining the show tonight. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if you've decided whether you're going to stick around for the second half or not. It's entirely up to you. We can discuss that during the break. But um, if you want to share either how people can find you on Mastodon or any other social network or anything else you're involved in, like your own podcast, feel free to do that right now. Sure. My, uh, my podcast, which hopefully will be uh, making a, a, another <laughs> revival, is uh, Defensive Security, defensivesecurity.org, or you can find it anywhere uh, podcasts are played. Uh, you can find me on, uh, on Mastodon at my, my handle is at Jerry at infosec.exchange. If you are looking for a home on the Fediverse, you are very welcome to join infosec.exchange. We have plenty of room despite uh, the rumors. We, we've, we, uh, we're, we have a home for you if, you if you're looking for one. So right. I, uh, I, by the way, I super appreciate being here. It's a, it's a great, it was a great time. Thank you. Yeah. I got to say when I read the Wired article that featured you and I saw you only got like two sentences, I'm like, we can do better than that. <laughs> it's like an hour long interview. And I got yeah. And they, they had like one quote from you. I'm like, this is disappointing. I, <laughs> I, I can tell you the inside of the Crimson Fedora where Nate and I both work. There's been talk of Mastodon stuff. I'm going to share this with our fellow uh, nerds on our company-wide mailing list once Nate has it all cleaned up. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to get shared. I was going to promote the show there, but again, I, I get the same feeling when I go to promote stuff internally That's, as I do when I share them on have I should have ju- just done it. Huh? You should have. You're, you're our promotions guy, Mark. That's all there is to it. We had our <laughs> CTO on here. What's I mean, we scored. That's true. Right? That's true. <laughs> We had, we had Chris Wright on here. Not only did we have Chris Wright on here, but I, I won my personal challenge of having him not talk about the edge. <laughs> Instead, he talked about he talked about debugging early virtualization code, stepping through machine line language in his basement. It was awesome. And cycling nice. in Boston. Very yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Anyway. All right, so this has been great. We are going to go to a break, folks. Uh, Remember, the show will be split into two parts. This is part A. If you want to listen to us banter about stuff and talk about the news, that'll be in part B. Uh, If you don't tune in for part B, then I feel obligated to say that if you want to support the show, you should do so via Patreon or find our Teespring shop where you can buy shirts and stuff. Um, Patreon.com slash IronSysabin. You can find the show anywhere you find podcasts. If you can't find us, let us know. We'll add it because we want to be everywhere. And I think that's that's probably it. Oh, YouTube. Find us on YouTube and Twitch if you want to watch this thing live. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to go to break. Any final words from anybody before I switch scenes? No? Okay, fine then. All right, folks, we'll see you in a few minutes. Uh, yeah, we'll see you after the break. All right, so as soon as Jason yeah, sits back down, idea. we'll actually go live. Why do you have to wait for me to sit down? Because, because everybody would be staring at your ass right now. <laughs> with you bent over in front of your camera. It's not that kind of show. Uh, you're no fun. This is not OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. It could be. It could be. Mm.
It could. I could just. No, hang on. I'll just. 